Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Chris Krogman, Joe Gaither, and Luke Barry. Discussing all topics, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome in to the Believe in Monsters podcast. It's a Tuesday night. The Bears the Bears lost to the Browns. If you guys are watching us, though, and we appreciate y'all so, so much on YouTube, you're watching us on Twitter, you're watching us sometimes on Facebook, but most often you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and on Amazon, and we appreciate that so, so much. We're a proud part of the Believe Network. This is going to be another edition of the Believe the Monsters podcast with Chris Bergman, Lucas Berry, and yours truly, Joe Gaither. Go follow us at BIM underscore pod on the X slash Twitter machine. Follow my friend Chris Krogman at Shy Bears nineteen eighty five and Lucas Berry at L Berry underscore forty. I am at Joe Gaither six, and yes, once again the Bears still suck, losing to the to the Browns twenty to seventeen, falling to five and nine on the season. The playoff hopes were fun for about seven seconds, but back to reality. In Hallis Hall, Chris Krogman, Merry Early Christmas. How are you, my friend? Uh, good, Joe. I'm I'm fine. Uh, you know, it's the last, well, not the last week of the year, but it's, uh, it's a short week. Wonderful time. We're off on Friday, and then off again on Monday, and the following Friday. So why? holidays and my company likes me and likes its employees it's nice yeah yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool uh but yeah living the dreams spending all of our money on uh, the kids so it's fun hope you spoil our little brothers very much so for the christmas i'm sure you will i have no doubt that you will luke how's the life going up in the east coast it's going well. Uh, the Bears, like you said, you know, the, the fun lasted for about a week, but I feel like we all knew it was coming. You know, as much as we wanted to believe, we knew it was a strong possibility they would have a reality check. So it is what it is, but uh, things are going well. Things are going well. Let's start with the Bears losing 20 to 17 to the Cleveland Brownies. A game they were winning seventeen to ten in the fourth. Oh yeah, quarter. unbelievable! Seventeen to ten uh, with about eight and a half, uh, eight fifty to go in the fourth quarter uh, was what? Because I just I just watched the game like just before we restarted. Uh, I think it was actually seventeen to seven to start the fourth quarter. It was a seventeen seven to start the fourth quarter, but it, but with like eight fifty and change, they still had a ten point lead. Yeah, they're punted. They punted it back to them. Uh, uh, just, just absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. That's their third, uh, fourth quarter 
loss. And, uh, you know, you guys can flip it any way you want. You, you, you flip those three fourth quarter losses that are like mathematically almost impossible. And your five and nine record goes what? Eight and uh, eight and six. And so you're like right there in the thick of uh, the division. You know, you're right there in the, th- the, the thick of a uh, of a playoff spot. You're not worried about anybody else. And especially with these last couple of weeks, you are uh, sitting pretty with a lot of confidence. But that is not the reality that we live in. Justin Fields, what, 19 of 40? Is that what I saw? Uh, yeah, 19 of 40, 166, a touchdown and uh, two interceptions. Really, the two interceptions are bullshit. Uh, at least one was definitely not an interception. The other, at the end of the game, you can kind of not count it. Uh, you can bitch and moan about, you know, whatever his name is, Robert Tunyon dropping the dropping a long pass that would have gone for a touchdown and maybe some other drops. You've seen Twitter going crazy. The Justin Fields defender. I don't think that crazy. was a walking touchdown like everyone else does. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think it would have put was, you down in the red zone. Oh, definitely. It would have been a huge gain, but people were acting like the, the guy wasn't near him. I mean, by the time he kind of would have caught that, he would have stumbled a little bit. There was no way he was scoring. I agree. Definitely agree. Uh, but you're right. But, it, it definitely erased at least three points. But, but my, my point was going to be the, the numbers weren't going to look that much better with, uh, with with a couple of extra catches. You know, it was still just an ugly-ass day offense. Dude, the offensive line got their asses kicked. Dalvin Thomason, roll tide. Oh, I hated to play. I hated to see that. He absolutely yeah. beat the sh- beat the absolute sm- ugh, snot uh, out of uh, Lucas Patrick and Nate Davis. Um. So you t- you're talking about all of the oh, if his teammates would have helped him out, you know, it would have been so much better. Tyler Scott dropped the ball, then immediately made a great play and fucking got them exactly where he would have been if he wouldn't have dropped the ball. Uh, Robert Tunyon drops the ball. That's fine. That sucked. Uh, Darnell Mooney dropped a very challenge. Like that's a difficult call. My issue is, you know, if we're going to give everybody glue for hands, then Cleveland would have picked Justin off at least twice. Yeah. And we're lucky he didn't lose the fumble in the second quarter that he got strip sacked on. So for every fucking slurp you want to make, we need to have a counter slurp for why the Browns damn near picked him off at least two, maybe even three times. Uh, so, yes, his teammates didn't help him out, but he could. it could have been an even worse day. Uh, Lucas, you posted something about um, Joe Flacco threw for 210 yards in the fourth quarter of that game, and Justin Fields has only thrown over 210 yards in an entire game. Like, like two times, times, three times, eight times, uh, eight out of what, 40 some games now? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, 20% of your career, you've crossed a very mediocre number. Yeah, it's definitely the coach's fault. It's definitely your your surroundings. It's nothing on you. And, yeah, we can, we can count the rushing yards. That's fine. Um, but <laughs> – a lot of times, probably got yourself into situations where you needed to run the ball. So, um, I'm over it. I'm over it. As much as I keep wanting to find a way to let him win me over again, it just it's just not going to happen. I'm just done. I'm over. It's it. It's over. And 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 what I think is, we'll just like 
so I see the one play people are saying like was his best throw of the game. You know, DJ Moore is running like a digger out or something from the finally, outside. And, finally and, hit that and, throw. Yeah, he ripped a 20-yard strike. And people are like, well, this is what keeps you coming back. I'm like, so you're picking one play out of everything that happened this year. Like, I, I really, the argument that shifts around one play or one opportunity is just crazy. Like, you can't How just many- disregard the body of work for – one play where he did what he was supposed to do and we're somehow supposed to be amazed by it. Like, yeah, it's an NFL throw that most NFL, like if you want to talk about like, look what Flacco did. The play the the Browns won on was, was probably the best throw of the day. The dude was picked off three times. He couldn't move the ball for the first three quarters. He was sacked four or five times. Fourth quarter. What does he do? He rips. I, I don't even like, he, he anticipated that Amari Cooper is going to teleport to the ball. Like, it was one of the best throws I've, I've ever seen between three defenders. And Eberflus is like, it should have been picked. It should have been picked. That was just incredible ball placement, though. It like, was great. It right, was. Like, like, you want to talk about an NFL throw after you had a horrible game? Like, that was it. And that's and he had a, We don't have that guy. He had another one um, where he just threw an effortless deep ball to I don't even know who the guy's at Tillman I don't even know the guy's name I never heard of the dude uh just nailed him in stride huge gain he had another one to Cooper for a huge gain uh earlier in the game that was a nice ball down the sidelines uh yeah we just we don't have that guy so uh and and that's not even us comparing Flacco to Fields it's just like this is what you need to be able to do like to be an NFL QB you need to make some of these throws and we somehow just can't be wowed by the the one he makes. Like, I don't think Fields would have the the testicular fortitude to keep throwing the ball after throwing three interceptions like Flacco did, and getting his he. I mean, as much as the Browns kicked the O line's ass, we did the same to them. Montez Sweat and Jervon Dexter, oh, kicked, yeah, and, yeah. And Demar- Demarcus Walker, shout out Demarcus Walker had a phenomenal game. Yeah, they owned that that offensive line, and yes, they're banged up, but so are we. I mean, T- Tevin Jenkins was out shit by the second quarter with a concussion. So enough of the excuses. It's just it's just time. Um, I'm I'm very prepared to to move on. I'm curious now. Like, I just don't know what the value is going to be, depending on how he plays down the stretch. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the I definitely think the Sam Darnold trade is a good blueprint for what you could at least expect back, if not a tiny bit more. I, I don't think they'll get what a was it like form, a, but a two, four, and six and or something six, like that. Yeah, like I think you could probably expect maybe a two and a three, and like a day three conditional pick or something for him. I think that's like, fair. I think everyone on planet Earth knows that they're. You know, the potential with Fields has always been through the roof. It's just a matter of can you tap into it or is it too late? But if it happens, it's not going to happen here. But I, I do think at least that by itself will hold a decent amount of value for a team who might not be able to draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, I just think he's super broken, unfortunately. I don't know if you guys listened to it, uh, Hogan Johns today, but they uh, they had a former – NFL GM on there. I forget his name. Uh, he works for the athletic, but they're talking about um, 
they were talking about how the Colts hired Shane Steichen last year, and they, they were saying if Fields would have been available last year, he probably could have seen a guy like Shane Steichen trading for Fields rather than drafting Anthony Richardson. I just thought that was fascinating. The kind of the point of the discussion was that depending on some of where these, you know, coaching openings happen, you know, a certain coach going to a new team might like Fields as his type of prototypical quarterback. Because in that situation, he was saying that Fields' game is similar to what Shane Steichen wants to run, like what he ran in Philly with Hurts. So I just thought it was an interesting topic of discussion that depending on where some of these coaches go, you know, could influence the market trade market for Fields. Uh, so y'all are uh, still dead set on uh, at, at this point. I mean, Fields, I'm in the same boat with you. He, he, he's not going to be your answer. Uh, you're still dead, dead set on using one of these top couple of picks on taking May, May or uh, Williams. Hundred um, percent. When you say, for me, it's tough because I, I, I don't want to say I'm. Like, if they didn't do it, I wouldn't be unhappy per se, but I would want to see some kind of foolproof plan in place or, or prove me wrong plan in place. Um, Like, if, if for some weird reason they traded out of one, but then went after a guy like, I don't know, Jaden Daniels or something like that, would you be mad? It would be interesting if you got a ton of picks and still drafted a quarterback top 10. That's just an example, but, you know. My could draft Caleb Williams. Probably not. So I do think there is some creativity that could be involved here. But but the point is, but the point is, you you're dead set on on drafting a rookie quarterback or uh, dra- drafting a rookie quarterback right right here. Because I'm looking so. at, uh, I I just threw together a list of uh, of eleven guys that. It's gonna be unpopular. It's it's definitely gonna be unpopular. But if you go the you know Houston Texans, we'll throw Davis Mills out there. If you go the you know San Francisco 49ers, build your roster and and play play an average quarterback. Uh, I, I got Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, Mike White, Sam Donald, or Sam Howell will all likely be available at some sort of affordable price this coming off season. And you can have somebody back there that, you know, gets you through. Uh, you're doing that. I'm keeping fields. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm just kind of like feeling you out here. No, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go NFL vet route. I mean, I told you guys before what I truthfully would do is I would draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, and I would keep Fields and play him next year. I know that's not realistic and it won't happen. Personally, that's what I would do. But I, I do think if you're not keeping Fields, you are dead set on drafting a rookie. I, I wouldn't go the NFL vet route, Joe. So is that like an uh, like a no matter what statement, Lucas, or like would there be a, a, a trade package offered that you'd move off of that plan for? I think there could also be a world where you see them draft someone in the set. I mean, I don't think it's likely, but could you sell me on potentially moving a, a huge trade package at one, you know, getting all these assets and then take, taking a, a Michael Penix or someone later in the first or in the second. Yeah. You could probably convince me of that. And, no, no, no. I meant, I, meant, mixture. I meant the key. I meant the keeping fields part. I didn't mean the other, the other end of that. 
I meant like if uh, like Pittsburgh's kind of fallen way the fuck out of it, but like if Pittsburgh offers you a first for Fields. Oh yeah, in my hypothetical situation, I would definitely do that. But that's what I'm saying. Like what? Like where? I guess where's that line for you? Like is it like if somebody's offering you? 33 through 36. No, it definitely, that? I feel like if it was like, you know, pretty, a better offer than kind of what we think the market is dictating, I think I would definitely take that. Just trade just trade him back to Washington for whatever our pick is in the second that we gave him for sweat and just make this <laughs> a, a fields for sweat trade and we win that trade massively, dude. What a the massive Al- upgrade. Good God, dude. The, Do you know who Al- leads both the Redskins and the Bears? Redskins, Jesus. The Commanders and the Bears in sacks? We, we yeah. can't say that word anymore. I was breaking a historical reference, Joe. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I know. I, Four and a half sacks for the Bears already. Haters be damned. With the with the contract extension, he's he looks like a daggum madman. He's not like quite as fast as Mac was off the edge, but he's certainly got as much impact uh, at least so far through these early games. I will say the one thing I really like enjoy watching about him is that I, I feel like he he doesn't take a lot. Like I always see him running, whether it's to make a backside tackle or whatever, stop the run. Like he, he's never taking any plays off, which you see a lot of times some of these high-paid DNs, that's what they'll do. You know, if it's not a pass rush situation, they'll kind of sit back on their heels a little bit, let the other guys do the work while they while they rest up for a third down. Like Yannick Ngakwe. It's interesting to watch him and his still fairly new teammates work so well together on the defensive line on stunts. Like yeah, I was going to say him a and A lot of Dexter. stunts. Him and Dexter are great together. Him and Walker had one this game as well and in previous combinations at the d-line you would just see them cross behind each other and just run into the blocker like it was there was no game they were playing there was no beating the opponent block opponent opposing blocker uh regardless of you know how many stunts they ran like Ngakwe would run all the way from the outside all the way to the other side and Whatever he'd run from, like <laughs> outside of his guy, all the way to the A gap, and still wouldn't make a play on the opposite side of the center. Um, sorry, Lucas, I cut you off with the the trade package for Fields that that we're gonna get a million uh, picks. No. no, no, we were talking about my hypothetical situation and what I would accept to go off my plan of keeping Fields and and also drafting a rookie, but yeah. uh, it probably wouldn't take. A ton to sway me to to trade him. I don't know. I I do think we we could get into it, but I mean, how do you guys think this game affects Eberflus's tenure, if at all? I know Chris has been on the trend that he thinks he'll probably be back next year. How we feel after this week about on that? No different. We hope that uh, he's gone. I think that uh, this game shows that. Uh... You know, is another piece of evidence that he's a terrible in-game coach. Awful, awful in-game coach. Um, but, you know, we went back to last week, and I was kind of playing on the hypothetical of will he get into the playoffs? Will they sneak – will they stay alive? Will they win four in a row? And 
you know, that Browns defense is good. It is good. You got to give them a lot of respect for that. But they're not special offensively outside of Amari Cooper, really. And Amari's, you know, probably past his point of being special as a receiver. He's a good receiver, but is he special? I don't know. So, like, goodness gracious, you got beat by a mediocre team. And you got out of class. You 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 blew a fourth quarter lead against a mediocre ass team. They didn't get blown out by any means. And right. Okay. Well, no, go ahead. Con- go ahead. No, my conversation sucks. So no, we'll just, we'll just go, go ahead. Go, well, they didn't get blown out, and you're going to say, say you had another point as well. Yeah, I mean Cooper's. Cooper's good and Joku's good. Uh Moore's good. All all solid pieces. Uh and Flacco's way better than, you know. And think about that. He's a month ago he was sitting on his couch eating potato chips and he's already coming in beating this dude that everybody's, you know, wants to make the franchise quarterback. Um That's what I'm saying. And you like this defense, it's the same, it's the same shit that used to happen. When Lovey was the coach, the defense would dominate for three and a half quarters and then be on the field for fucking three and a half quarters. And you can't stop anybody forever when you have to be on the field because your offense can't move the damn ball. There was only like one or two drives where the Bears moved the ball and then they would stall out. Uh, A lot of it was, you know, trickery or like somebody Roshan busting off a long run. Um Justin busting off a long run and arounds to Velas, which they didn't do after he busted off two long runs, which that didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, they they found he, he looked good with the ball in his hands on the edge with space. Yeah, and they just oh, ran away I'm, from I'm it. I'm the biggest hater ever, but well, you're just the biggest hater because of the draft position and you know what he was supposed to represent. But he's a he's a fine piece. He's not phenomenal, but he's a fine piece. I mean, as a wide receiver, like. Four or five. Uh, Trent, Taylor, Trent Taylor had the fucking most awesome game ever. Oh. Yeah, why can we not find a punt returner? Um, it was the only time that's happened. I mean, it, it, I don't know how shitty the conditions were. Obviously, it was raining. A lot, not. I mean, I wouldn't say everybody had problems holding on to the ball. Justin was wearing two gloves, so uh, <laughs> obviously it was wet enough to to make a difference. The one that hit him in the chest that he actually lost, that one that one was just a fuck up. The one before that that he muffed went over his head and he tried to catch it with his hands and that could have been weather conditions, but he got on it and whatever. But man, that was that was not pretty. Now, Chris, I was gonna ask you, uh, you know, you're feeling the same about Eber Flus and we talked about the blown lead. I mean, what I know you can't get fired over one play, but I feel like having the defense, having Justin Jones drop heck into coverage on the play that ultimately sealed the game was just like poetic justice for the way <laughs> this flus has thing gone. That's your boy, Justin Jones. It was just what? like you, you, you play, play? phenomenal. It, it was the play where uh, the Browns just needed a field goal to win the game with like a minute left. And Eberflus overloaded the left side. I think he sent like seven guys and he dropped Justin Jones back in the flat. And it was just like him versus Joe Kun and Joe just completely ran past him. That was the game. Like the third and 15 or whatever. I don't think it was that long. It might've been third down. It was one of the last play. It got him right in field goal range though. Yeah. I and, think then, that was, and then we like, stopped I, him. 
but it was just like I don't know, man. It, it's just like he called such a great game, then that happens. Is just I feel like it's kind of just been almost a representation of how he's been as the Bears coach. So my biggest thing about that and everything is, you know, we talked about making excuses for fields. If last year is a lost year and it's a rebuilding year, then Flus has to get the same thing. So if this year is – But they're baseless know, excuses, aren't they? Like we think they're dumb excuses. I don't know. It's just – So my other point to that is you're never going to get anywhere with this amount of turnover. Like if we don't have any continuity in any aspect of the organization, the only continuity in the aspect of the organization why we've been losing for 20 to 30 years is George fucking McCaskey. And that is the sad truth about it. I have a great so, idea to fix your problems. Hear me out. Kill, Again, kill Virginia. This, well, this is a legal move we could use. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you fire Ibraflus, right? But you make uh-huh. Phil Snow DC for the next head coach. And you just say, this guy knows our defense. He knows the terminology. He's running the defense. And you hire an offensive head coach. It would never happen. Rarely in my works. mind, rarely works. In my mind, it would be perfect. Because that's I really I, that's the guy in my opinion who's been. I mean, ever since they hired him, the Bears defense has been insane. So, I think there's some correlation there to to that going on. So, I mean, we talk about like on the other side of the ball with Getty's play design versus his play calling. So, if you're saying that's like what aspect of the defense do you think? snow is affecting is it like play design or getting people in the right place or play calling and if if it's play call like he's not calling the plays right even if it's still calling the plays i don't know I, ever since don't they hired him they've been blitzing more don't you Maybe think it's been strategizing probably potentially yeah, getting the game plan that's phil snows i think that's his job is to scout the other team's opponents weeks in advance and, and like kind of come up with a game plan ahead of time uh, for them to install. So I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting. But my big thing about Flus is even though I don't dislike him per se, I just don't know if he's the head coach I want having around if they do go the rookie quarter. Like I feel like getting rid of him is a lot easier if you say, okay, I'm going to draft a rookie quarterback. I don't really want this guy leading my team. <laughs> I just pulled the play back up, Luke. Okay, so it's third and 15. Oh, it was third and 15. Okay. It's third and 15 with 56 seconds left. Uh, the Browns are in a three-by-one. They're in 11 personnel. Uh, Njoku set uh, – no, Njoku's coming out of the slot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Njoku's coming out of the slot. And then Justin uh, Jones just feels like a flat uh, – Yeah. Flat zone. They're blitzing. So the Bears send one, two, three, four, five – Two, four, six. Bears send six. So it's his own blitz kind of a look. Uh, but Justin Jones, it's left out in the flat. See, I feel like I feel like on the like the D lineman dropping back move only works when it's like third or fourth and short, and you know they're gonna run slant routes and the quarterback's just gonna rip it and you're gonna confuse him pre-snap. 
But when they need that many yards, dude, what the hell are you even doing dropping him back in coverage? If anything, you might as well have just left him wide open and rushed an extra guy, maybe. <laughs> Jeez, he got a, he probably got like 35 yards on that play. Dude, and it brought him right like and and if they knew how to manage the clock, they would end the game there. But you know, they wanted to give the Bears 20 seconds or whatever they did. 32. Chris's memory like a hawk, but no, I literally just watched it. So um well, in the play before, Tyreek Stevenson left him wide open down the sideline, and and Joker got 25, 30 yards to get him even in position. That third and 15 was brutal, though. If they get home, it doesn't matter, and none of us are talking about it, but they didn't. We bitched about the uh, botched punt, which is which is definitely worth bitching about. But uh, what two plays later, Tyreek Stevenson jumps in for a pretty yep. nice little interception. So I was let's give him pick. a yeah, let's give him a flower or so, even though we okay. lost. Yeah, he, he had a couple other nice pass breakups as well. Yeah, he, he's developing. He's put. He's been on. And that brings me to Luke. You hit us up a day or two ago in our text thread saying that you're pretty on board with. Ryan Poles at this point because we've, we've kind of been doing this dance like future dance, but we've hit fields kind of early. Or we've touched on Eberflus. We don't have to be done with Eberflus, but let's bring Poles into the mix as well, Luke, uh, with kind of what your thoughts on are, are with him. Yeah, I think it was. Uh... I think Chris is right. Before you go, I think Chris is right about continuity. You got to keep something. Yeah. I mean, they again, this is a situation much like the rookie quarterback. You could convince me otherwise, but you just have to have a really good developmental plan. Like we saw what the Texans did with hiring D'Amico Ryans, but they they brought in Bobby Sloak to run their offense, and it, it's worked. Like you just need to bring in the right guys. I have a plan. I will hear. All right, let's, let's hear your plan. Before we get into Ryan Poles, let's hear the Krogman well, plan. It, it also it also ties into Ryan Poles, though. So. Oh, well, we'll take it away. Let's hear it. So, I mean, I trust Poles personnel-wise. I think he's proven that he's he's solid there. He's had his fuck-ups, but he's fixed them very, very quickly. Um, he hired Eberflus. You know, Raul made a really good point that stuck with me on why he thinks he really did pick Eberflus and that, why that was his guy because of the, you know, the the – Chris Ballard to KC, KC or Ballard to Indianapolis connection. And they're all, uh, you know, butt buddies. So, you know, we talked last week about Fields, Getsy or both. So, and then when he got fired, you know, people started bringing up Frank Reich's name. So would you be on board with firing Getsy, letting Fields go and, hiring Frank Reich to be the OC and then Reich likes his bigger quarterbacks. You guys know I'm a May fan Uh, more on attitude over talent. I think Caleb Williams might be a bitch. Um, So that's my plan. I think you crumble in the Chicago media. I would say it's not a bad plan as long as Ryan Poles wanted to draft Drake May. I wouldn't draft Drake May because I hired Frank Reich. That's fine. I think Reich's going to be a big piece of the conversation, though. 
if 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 that's the move that they make with with right. or or I mean if Getsy stays, which is completely plausible as well, because Flus hired Getsy, and Getsy could easily sell. Hey, look, this season doesn't look this shitty offensively. If I have a quarterback that doesn't completely hamstring me from running what I wanted to run, and even with this guy running our offense, I designed things that worked to his strengths, at least to a degree. And then to like Joe's point to Michael Gus's point, like you can't just run Justin forever. Like, like they figured it out. They start to box him in. He's going to have to make throws and going back to your earlier point, Lucas, about the 20 yard dig to more. How many times has JT O'Sullivan said, you got to hit that play earlier in the year where, where Justin didn't hit it. So you have a quarterback that can hit that play. I don't care if it's Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penis, fucking Bo Nix. I don't care who it is, but I, all those dudes could probably hit that throw. And I just, I, if you want to string up Luke Getze, whatever. I mean, string him up, string, string him up. up. We want yeah, blood, I mean, Rodman. We want blood in the streets. For this fucking debacle, this five and twelve season that's about to be upon us, dude. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's year two. It's year two. It's year two of two million. Hey man, I get it, dude. But sooner or later, like we can't just keep setting the fucking reset button. Like, like it's just the, it's just gotta stop. Like, look at, like, dude. <laughs> I wish the Packers would fire, would have fired Lafleur, would fire Lafleur, or like Le dumbass. Some dumbass Steeler fans want to fire Tomlin. Like, good God, dude! We'll hire Lafleur tomorrow. I'll fire Lafleur and Tomlin and, and let them head coach together. Yep. No, I wouldn't do that. Do you understand what I was saying, though, Chris? About like they have to. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, would you? Would you really let a new offensive coordinator or hiring influence the court like back decision that much? I feel like as the GM, probably not through this no. Justin Fields thing. Like no. I feel like him and Kevin Warren need to get together and they need to find what guy they just think is the best. They don't. Who cares about scheme fit? Who cares about like just find the guy that you think is. But the I'm best. not doing what Carolina be the did best. this year. Well, they Where didn't the listen to their GM. Somebody. No, I'm not talking about the owner. I'm talking about the GM and Kevin Warren, they, the football guys. No. I'm not talking about McCaskey making this. But what I'm saying is the GM and president need to come to a decision on who they want, and they they don't need to hire an offensive coordinator and say, oh, which guy do you want? Okay, we're just going to do what you say. You might not even be here in two years. Well, the way we turn people over, man, that quarterback might not be here in two years either. I mean, he probably will, but – Definitely not four, or not definitely yeah, not four, not but five. potentially, def, potentially not four, five. Uh, I. The good news yeah, no, is, no, I, I agree. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't. The disagree. good news is, if they do keep Eberflus, you know, maybe they just do put Phil Snow in as the DC instead of whatever he's doing now, and you fill that in, you know, and then you're basically just looking for a guy to run your offense. How, how the, my question though is how did the Bears get their hands on a guy like Ben Johnson? Like Joe how did the Brady. Lions just have this guy in there? Like that's what we need. We need a young, innovative mind. We don't need. We need Joe Brady. 
Shit, dude. I don't know. Maybe you hire the maybe you hire the Dolphins offensive coordinator, someone like that who you know isn't calling plays and wants a wants a bump up. You just ask Mike McDaniel if he wants to get if 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 he's tired of two and he wants to come coach in Chicago. You know what I'm saying though? Like, do we do we want to retread coach or do we want? I mean, we tried the new thing with Getzy and that didn't work out too well. But right, that's what I was gonna. That was the my other benefit to Frank Reich is he's been a play caller for many for a while. Yeah, it just seems like he butts heads a lot. I don't know. Maybe. Stubborn he's, guy. He's, he's Iberfus's dude. It's true. But I, I guess my point is how, how can the Bears get lucky in, in finding a coach that's young and upcoming and not the next big thing they discover? What if it's what if they have him already? What if it's Andrew Janoco and we just won't let him take the reins? It's uh it's fucking Joe Brady. It's Joe Brady for the Bills. Uh, he got his shot. He blew it. You blew it. You blew it. He's like 33. Wasn't he, wasn't he an offensive coordinator for like half a year and he was horrible? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But it was with Carolina, wasn't it? No. Yes, it no. The, the most Bears thing they'll do is, is going to be drafting Caleb Williams and then they're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury to be their OC. Oh, my God. That is the most Bears thing they, they could possibly do. Yeah, he was offensive coordinator for Carolina from 2020 to 2021. Now he's Bill's Bill's quarterback's coach and interim offensive coordinator. Right. It's going to be interesting what they do on the offensive side of the ball, regardless of what category you fall into, keep Eberflus, get a new coach, whatever. It's going to be fascinating what they do uh, potentially to bring in a new quarterback into. I'm curious to see their plan on that because I really don't know which – which way they'll look for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting what Kevin Warren thinks about all this. If he tells if he tells polls he's got a clean house, because Chris, you're a big businessman. Get Kevin Warren on the show. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep, sounds good. Audience, stay tuned. The next couple of weeks we'll have Kevin Warren on the show, brought to you by Chris Krogman. You can probably find a Kevin Warren. I don't know about that Kevin Warren. It's pretty. Yeah, it seems like a fairly common name. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, this is an all-encompassing loss to the Browns to kind of put this on a big old bow, right? To put the bow in the weekend, can we also agree that no matter what category you fall into, you still want the number one pick? Because I saw. Fans oh, yeah, cheering still want the number one pick. The Fuck Panthers yeah. won, and fans cheering that Seattle beat Philly because it gives us less of a chance. Like, no, why on. would you want? Why would you not want the number one pick? No matter, like, look, we can all disagree on what you want to do with the number one pick. I think that people fine. like Fields that much, and they hate Caleb that much that they don't want them to get the number one yeah, pick. They know that's the inevitable outcome. Like, most I'm likely. so not in on anybody that will like duh you definitely want the number one pick because what i would do with it is way different than what everybody else would do is just trade down a bunch if, of there's it. not a bad option with it that's the point like, so i don't yeah. these people almost want us to not get it so that we have to keep like keep fields and, and like deal with it it's a weird scenario i still don't think Carolina's going to win another game this year so I would trade down from from one to two, then two to three, and draft Harrison from there. 
and take your big old load from drafting just from dropping down twice. You gonna take a big load for that? Absolutely, two big loads. Hopefully, two big loads and the best prospect on the board, Caleb Williams. <laughs> Maybe so. All right, you, you people, all people can say what they want, but Malik Neighbors is, is, is awesome. Malik Neighbors is nasty. He's a good player. There's a lot of wide receiver talent in this draft. All right, y'all want to talk about the Cardinals? Uh, yeah. Or you, or you I, got I don't want to jump jump the gun. Well. Just want to keep us moving here. I, I mean, I'm well. flat out gonna like. I think the Bears are in a weird spot where they. I feel like they they they've played actually a few tough games now. I feel like they're going to kill the Cardinals this week. They're going to beat the shit out of them. And I, we're all gonna be pissed. <laughs> I, I, I just know like they played the lot. Like they've been playing good football. They really have. They have and yes, they, have. they are. They they're Better. learning how they're learning how to win and finish games. And obviously, the offensive kit. But like I would say at this point, I would say they're a whole kind of two tiers better than Arizona. And they're playing at home, and defense is playing incredible. Like. This week, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like the Falcons next week, I don't know if they'll score more than 10 points. Bears, four point favorite at home, five and nine, hosting your Arizona Cardinals at three and 11. At 325, the over under is set at 44 and a half. ESPN analytics give the Chicago Bears a 62% chance of victory. I'm with the Luke. I think it's going to be a Cardinals. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout in favor of the Bears. And when I say blowout, I mean 14 to 16 points. Uh, so it will be a nice little win. I do think the Bears will cover. Um, I think it's going to be perfectly infuriating for everybody who's pulling for draft position. Uh, and thus also everybody who's been looking for growth. And it's going to show like a little too little too late aspect. Uh, you know, we'll be it'll feel good to win, but it'll kind of be like, great, what do we do with this now? We beat one of the it's, it's, teams in the league. It's like, it's like the storyline of Eberflus and Fields' careers, like just beat up on the, the garbage men of the league, make yourself look good for a week or two, and then go out and play a real team and show the world what you actually are. Defense but, uh, will handle a little Kyler Murray, I think. They should, yeah, to get some revenge for the last time they played. Absolutely. Three and eleven, three twenty-five. Krogman, what you thinking, my guy? You, we, we all in on a Bears win? Yeah, yeah. They they should win this game, and if they don't, maybe yeah. Then it's a whole man. There's a lot more conversations to be had. I I, I do think you know Eberflus should win the next two out of three games here. Two of the three, at least. But does that matter, Lucas? Will that matter for his future, at least? Come on, these are bad football it's, teams. The Cardinals it depends, are- Joe. I, I I would say if if you win two in a row and you give yourself versus the Packers uh, to play a meaningful football game in Week 18, even if your chances are slim, but maybe you can knock them out. I would say, yeah, I think it could help. I I do think Eberflus is teetering on potentially coming back. I mean, to Chris's points, he's been making the defense is ascending. The whole team as a whole looks like it's getting better. He's going to be able to say he won more games than he did last year. And if he gets to seven or eight wins, he more than doubles what he did last year. And 
even in the NFL, it's hard to win games. So uh, I, I do think, even though I you personally focused on the doubled wins or on the loss losses that should have been wins. The, the, well, that's that's they could very well fire him for that. I I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I do think there's a case to be made if he plays well, like we think he should down the stretch, gets this team playing at that level. Chris Krugman, your thoughts on the upcoming week against the Arizona Cardinals? But in here, Luke and I've been kind of playing a little ping pong. There's, I mean, I don't know, man. There's not a lot to say on what's going to happen with this, the future yet. Uh, what are the lines? Four and a half, you four, said? Four, four points. Yeah, Bears are going to cover. Four. It's Over down to four? Four. Man, I swear it opened at four and a half. I could be wrong. That's what I'm looking at right now on the ESPN uh, game odds, odds by ESPN bet. Oh, bet no, ESPN. Four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. Earlier, Joe, you were mentioning that we might be mad if they won. No, I, I definitely want to see the Bears win out here. Would be nice. Definitely not rooting for losses. I'm rooting for the Panthers to lose. 44 and a half points. Over. How? How many points did they just put up in that Cleveland game who has the net number one defense in the league? 42? That's what I'm saying, though. I don't think Arizona's offense is that good. I think Kyler can uh, create a few explosive plays. Trey McBride is going to destroy us. I know that. I mean, the Bears, as good Dude. as the linebackers have been, we've been horrible versus tight ends, so. I will say that interception by Edmonds, TJ Edwards absolutely annihilated the receiver. I don't even know who it was to pop the ball up. That was yeah, TJ Edwards awesome. is a beast. Do you know he ran like a four eight five forty two? That dude just plays from pure instincts. He benches eight hundred pounds too. I hear what he drinks tiger. Signing. He drinks tiger's blood. I've heard that. I really am excited for some of the pieces on this defense moving forward, though. They are fun to watch. Yeah, Eddie Jackson ain't it, unfortunately. He had the pick, though. That was that was cool. He almost got he almost another almost pick six for Eddie Jackson. <laughs> you know, you know he's getting old when he gets tackled at the one. I mean, you know this offense is terrible when it takes eight Seven plays, plays. And like oh my gosh, what four a sequence. penalties at the one what yard a terrible line. Terrible sequence. Oh, uh, that Cole Komet penalty was brutal. Brutal. Oh, How do you man. false start on that? I don't know. They were saying, like, in a, in a hostile environment, he should basically just have his hand on the tackle's leg, and whenever the tackle goes, he goes, so that he can't do that, more or less, um, because he's nowhere near the play. It's not like his block is going to get fields into the end zone when they're just tush-pushing. He could he could have not He could have not started. He could have just been like, I'll just stay here in my stance, and then once you guys score a touchdown, I'll I'll celebrate with y'all. He didn't even have to move, but nevertheless, they scored anyway. He caught the he caught the touchdown, so that was he wanted the miraculous touchdown on the uh, third down. I can't believe that was third freaking down. That was a net like he missed. Oh my god, he missed Mooney on the out route too. Mooney had a step. Fucking Mooney, dude. Better for that guy. Fuck you, Mooney. He's going to go be on the bottom I, end of like seven teams. Roster. I'm not going to say that because I like Mooney, but it's just like it is 
fall from grace for him. Granted, he was you a think- fifth round pick, and the price squeezed all the uh, the juice from the lemon, but. Who was the guy who was like, he's a fifth-round pick, and Bears Twitter went crazy in, in the offseason? Was it Ryan Clark, maybe? can't remember. Oh, I, I remember what you're saying. Yeah. Some analysts in the spring, in the summer, that was like, don't expect Darnell Mooney to be anything good. He's a fifth- or sixth-round pick. It's probably Shady McCoy. That guy has got a it lot might have been Shady McCoy. <laughs> that guy's got a lot to say. But people are pissed. <laughs> And it turned out he was right. He's a bum. He's a bum. We need a little Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock freaking Bowers. Can you imagine Brock Bowers and Cole Komet in a little 12 personnel? Oh, coming right at you to a neighborhood near you. Oh, Brock, Bow- Brock Bowers doesn't drop that touchdown or that pass that – Tunyon dropped. Tunyon is the best. He has the best hands in the world, though. That's the other problem I have with the conditions. Is like Tunyon doesn't drop shit. That was amazing that he dropped that ball. (laughs) He's worthless. That was his one time to shine. For real, dude. Like he hasn't had a an outstanding (laughs) season. (laughs) His his low light is going to be dropping that freaking pass, man. Oh. I, I don't know. You're talking about Malik Neighbors and Brock Bowers. I already know. I don't know, but I, I have a strong feeling that if Ryan Poles goes quarterback or whatever with his first pick, I almost guarantee he'll take a D end or something with his other. Jared Verse. He's gonna take one of them guys, man. I already. Know. I just. I have a feeling. I like the tackle out of Illinois. I like a lot too. Put him on the other side. That's what the Bears need. That's what I've been trying to tell people. They need they need a young ed- like when was the last time we had a young edge rusher? Julius Peppers. Young Joe. We got him when he was like 30, dude. You're right. Yeah. Someone um, I, I forget who it was. Someone was telling me, Oh, we have Montez Sweat. I'm like, yeah, he's 28. I mean, you have him on a four like no, I'm we need a 22 year old pass rusher you're gonna have for like 10 years. When's the last yeah, time the Bears have had that? Abby, when's uh, a lot? Like Alex, no. Shane McClellan was, was the last guy <laughs> we drafted Shane to McClellan. be that. <laughs> was that that kid Anderson? Alex Brown, Mark Anderson, Anderson, Alabama. Yeah, there we go. I'm talking about stud. Like, yeah, he was Anderson. a one and he was a one and done though, dude. He had 12 yeah, exactly. sacks his rookie season and fucking yeah. then didn't. UDFA guy, so you know what I'm like, saying though. But it, you know, if I don't know, you had another. Ed, you had another edge rusher to that line. You're. I think you're cooking with gas, honestly. Leonard Floyd. <laughs> for when, as soon as he left, for sure, he was legit. Even oh my god, Terrell Lewis, still oh, not man. signed. Still not. Oh man, that's so funny. We get so worked up. That's so funny. Bears are Bears fans are the best. If anything, this 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 season is giving me like way more sanity. I won't get like oh, crazy really? about the Bears again until they're like. Fuck no, there's no actually reason good. to. No, yeah, there's no reason to get all worked up about it. The people are really worked up this year. Oh, they're stupid. Dude, they're dumb. Most, most of the Bears, most of the Bears fans that are instigators are all young, fucking idiots. They're all or or other podcast hosts that are. Throwing everybody in a fucking tizzy. Meatballs. 
You're all meatballs. Come on our podcast and let me tell it to you to your face. I don't care. Terrence Young, cut you up. Dude, this is the this is Mitch all over again, dude. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> it's unreal, dude. And then it's and it's Rex Grossman, dude. But Rex, like, I wasn't on Twitter for the Rex Grossman days. Re- no, no, but like Twitter didn't exist, dude. Or if it did, <laughs> we were fighting in the barber shops over Rex Grossman. <laughs> Fuck that guy, dude. Sexy uh, Oh, is he a franchise guy or not? Oh, he, won. he took us to a Super Bowl. He passed for like five. <laughs> dude, that um, they were so sick for the first like five games of that year. Then they hit that Cardinals game, had a bump, but still, you know, Devin Hester won the game. But the offense wasn't ever the same. But the first five games of the year, dude, they were like 30 points a game, legit 30 points a game. And Rex was chucking it all over the place. And we let him off the hook. And it's Jay Cutler all over again. Jay, baby. All of these things. I love you, Jay Cutler. I will I will always defend you, Jay Cutler. <laughs> Give me one, dude. Just one. Nine, like. One ten year. How do you let one of your nine offensive coordinators to trade away Greg Olson? My offense doesn't use it. I mean, who cares? The fuck out. It's not like Greg Olson is like Travis Kelsey or Tony Gonzalez or like he's nice piece. That era, like, calm down. No. Do you like you know what's funny, man? What I remember about Greg Olson is like right before he left was a game against the Vikings where he fumbled fucking twice. And gave it up like right at the 50. Two fumbles, like back to back drives. I'm like, what the f- man? Trade this bum. Trade him. We don't ever want to see him again. It's crazy to me that he just retired like a few years ago, though. Like, I feel like he was on the Bears so long ago and he just retired a few years ago. That's insane. All right. Anything else we got left to say about the Chicago Bears, the NFL, life in general? Any life nope. advice you want to dispense to, 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 to us, to us youngins, Chris Krugman? We got a root for the Packers this week. No, oh no. I, I they're playing the Panthers. I want the, I want the first pick. I need to see the Packers win. Can they just like suicide themselves? <laughs> in the in the locker room before the Panthers game, and then the Panthers Uh-oh. like. The forfeit. My laptop's about to die. We got to give our score predictions now. I am going with twenty-seven to twenty-seven nineteen Bears. Chris. Uh, yeah, I think it will. Yeah, it'll probably go over. Uh. Oh shit. Uh, 24 20. Naughty bears. I know. Sorry. 24 21 bears. Then it gets over by one. Nice. And that's a Cardinals cover. Lucas Berry. 27 20 bears. So Lucas and I are right in line with one another. Every one of us are picking a bears win. Two guys have a Bears cover. We're all going over. We're having a lot of fun here in week number 16 on the Leader Monsters podcast. Right? 16, a lot 17, of 
fun here. Love All right. Well, guys, we'll be back next week to preview a Falcons game. Dear God, if you can't beat the goddamn Cardinals and the Falcons, just 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 don't show up at, at House Hall again. Please don't don't do it. We'll get out of here for the day. Uh, do I have to sing the song? Yeah, you do. Okay. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with my toe. It was a We'll never forget the way you feel the nation with your shitty formations. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you suck big old balls. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.